Hi, this is Sake Brahman from the Orthoclips podcast series. And today I'm with Dr. Corinna Franklin, who's the director of sports medicine at Trainers Hospital in Philadelphia. And uh, we're going to be talking about improving transgender care in orthopedics. Thanks, Dr. Franklin, for joining the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. This is a great topic, and I really appreciate the opportunity to get to talk about it with you. Great. So I wanted to ask you first, how did you get interested in the topic? Was there, um, was there a particular patient story or maybe another reason? Or I know this has uh, been an interest of yours. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I would say anecdotally, I started to feel like I was seeing more non-binary kids in clinics specifically, um, and at a slightly younger age, over, I would say over the last few years. And one thing that really struck me was that our electronic medical record actually was not super well equipped to deal with pronouns for these kids. And also that our wristbands were causing some problems for them because we weren't able to print um, non-binary on their wristbands. And then I, uh, I had actually reached out to some friends, um, one of whom transitioned recently and another friend who has a young child who um, is transgender. And so it was pretty helpful to talk to them about kind of the obstacles that people face in getting good care um, when they're transgender or non-binary. Okay, well, that's, that's a good reason. Um, so, I think it'd be helpful for our listeners to clarify some definitions that you believe are important for us to have a discussion on this topic. Sure. And I, I would point out, you know, I'm not an expert in transgender medicine. There are certainly people who've spent their whole lives studying it as, as are, of course, people who are transgender themselves. So I'll do my best, but I'm happy to be corrected if people, um, people want to send corrections. So I think it's important to separate um, sex from gender. So sex typically describes someone's biological underpinnings, whereas gender typically describes your social presentation and identity. Biological sex often refers to the sex that someone was assigned at birth, whereas um, gender describes their inherent sense of what their identity is. So someone may be described as assigned male at birth, but in fact, feel that they, or understand that their identity is female, in which case they might consider themselves to be a transgender female. Some people also find that their gender does not neatly fit into one category or another. So they may consider themselves non-binary, although there are other, other words to describe people who don't fit into one gender or another, such as gender queer or gender non-conforming. Okay, I think that's, that's helpful. Um, thank you for that. Well, I'll get right into that then. What are some of the biggest challenges that you see as an orthopedic surgeon that are facing transgender orthopedic patients? You know, both well, medical problems as well as social challenges, um, you know, when they come to, uh, you know, to an orthopedist for help. Well, I think funnily enough, one of the biggest challenges can be the, the medical record um, because when our medical records were designed, they weren't necessarily built to accommodate um, change, uh, people changing their gender identity. And they certainly weren't built to accommodate people having different pronouns. For example, our system has a hard time with patients who are non-binary. And so 
it's fatiguing certainly for patients to constantly have to keep correcting people or to, you know, each time they check in, have to make clear what their identity is, what pronouns should be used for them. So I think that is one problem that is really, can, can really be just exhausting. You know, if you imagine if you had to go, let's say you're getting some sort of treatment that requires you to go once a month, if every single time you're being misgendered, that can be problematic. Um, you know, I think of course, as in any interactions that people may have, there can be assumptions that people make about patients based on how they dress, based on how they look, based on how they act that might feel um, uncomfortable or that people may make assumptions about um, transgender patients that may be uncomfortable. Um, I think also, you know, as, um, as transgender patients access orthopedic care, there are some gaps in knowledge that we have that can be complicated. For example, we don't really know how hormonal treatment affects orthopedic care, particularly in sports medicine. We don't really know what effect it has on your muscle mass, on, even on your fracture healing, on how you might recover, let's say, from an ACL injury, or even how it would affect your ACL risk. Because we know that there are sex differences in ACL risk between boys and girls after they enter puberty, but we don't know how taking hormones might affect those risks. And certainly we don't know how taking hormones will affect healing after um, tendon reconstruction. And so I, or excuse me, ligament reconstruction with a tendon graft. So I think there's a lot we just don't know. Um, and I think it's important to be open and honest with patients about the things we don't know. I think also, you know, some orthopedic surgeons um, may not be comfortable with using newer pronouns, which can sometimes be uncomfortable for transgender patients. Have you ever heard of any medical errors being attributed to the medical charts? Um, hmm. You know, not being able to accommodate uh, for the patients? Just curious. I haven't heard of, no, I haven't heard of medical errors, but I do, I do know that patients can be very uncomfortable if the chart doesn't reflect their actual gender identity. Yeah. And I think, you know, physicians need to be prepared for that and, and I guess do what they can at their institutions to, uh, to, you know, not, uh, you know, set themselves up for that situation if possible. And there, are, there are workarounds. So our, you know, our medical records team has worked to, amend the record slightly to make it easier to note when a patient's pronouns may not be um, what they initially were. For example, if someone has tra transitioned while they're under our care or if they, there's now a way to put what someone would like to be called in terms of their name on our medical record. So it's definitely gotten better. Um, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that in the orthopedic community you've seen um, or heard regarding transgender patients? Well, as a pediatric orthopedist, I think one thing that um, can be really pernicious is the idea that children don't know what their gender identity is, or that children um, are too young to understand gender identity, or that patients who may want to transition or may have questions about their gender identity are confused or playing tricks or worse yet, you know, influenced by the internet or by their friends. I mean, I think if all of us think back to our youth, I, I think we all know, knew who we were pretty early on. And I think these were myths that were applied to, um, be, that used to be applied to gay and lesbian patients. And those have slowly gone away, but I think those myths are still pretty often pretty prevalent for transgender kids. And so I think it's important to understand that kids can understand gender pretty early on. 
and that it's not a topic that needs to be hidden from them. Or if anything, that can be pretty difficult for kids if, if we're not willing to talk to them about it. Um, what, like, to what tips would you give for, um, you know, especially when, when dealing with children and also dealing with parents, anything in particular, or is it just like treating any other, you know, patients, parents, have you found the, that line of communication to be particularly challenging or not necessarily? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I think one piece of advice I would have is if you want to ask people what their pronouns are, you should really be asking everybody because you can't tell just from looking at someone that they might want a different set of pronouns. And so it's best if you're gonna do it to just ask everybody every time. And that way you just get in the habit of doing it. And so you're not pigeonholing particular people. I've certainly found it best to address, you know, the patient themselves rather than the parents, you know, you know, what should I call your child is less good than, you know, hi, I use she, her pronouns. How may I address you, for example? So I think it's just good to get in. If you're going to do it, it's good to get in the habit of doing it with everybody. That's a good tip. Well, I leads into uh, me into my last question. What are some other steps that, uh, orthopedic surgeons listen to this could uh, take to improve the care of transgen uh, transgender patients that are coming to see us. Um, I know you, you speak and write a lot about this. Anything else we haven't talked about today they think uh, that could help us? Well, actually one thing that I've heard really consistently is to try to demonstrate your openness in subtle ways. So for example, in our clinic, um, on our jackets or scrubs or lanyards, we all wear little uh, gay and trans pride pins just as a signal to say, hey, this is a safe place. And it's a very small gesture, but it actually seems to make a big difference. We've had a lot of patients say that they appreciate seeing it. And it, it doesn't, of course, have to be something you wear. It can be a sign on the wall. You could have a flag on the door, just something that doesn't have to be said necessarily, but even just to show this is a place where we take these things seriously, I think people really appreciate it. And it's funny how many, how many times I've heard it and how many times I've seen people appreciate it. And so it can be a pretty small gesture, but it can indicate, you know, if you're willing to put it up somewhere visible, I think that tells trans and non-binary people, you know, these are people who take this seriously. Or on your website, I guess. Or on your website. Yep. Absolutely. On your website. I mean, could really be helpful as well. Well, I think, um, I think that was really helpful, I hope, for our listeners. Um, I think that it's uh, something hopefully we can all get better at. Um, and that's, that's all I really had to ask today. I think uh, it was a pretty, uh, pretty good discussion. I want to thank you again, Dr. Franklin, for uh, taking the time to join me on the podcast. Thanks very much, Dr. Ramon. I really appreciate the opportunity.